0: This is the third sermon in Christopher Love's series on assurance. And the text is 2 Peter 1 verse 10. Wherefore the rather brethren give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Having finished the first part of the discovery in relation to the method God takes with those whom he doth effectually call. I now proceed to the second way of discovery then. And that is by those saving concomitants that do and will accompany a soul that is effectually called. These saving effects I shall reduce under eight heads. First, a man effectually called by Christ, he does unfeignedly love the word of God and the minister that preached that word that God did use as an instrument of his call. First, I say he will love the word John eight forty seven, he that is of God, that is, he that is called by God, heareth God's word, therefore you are not of God, because you hear not his word. There the scripture tells us that they who are of God, effectually called by him, they hear his word with abundance of delight and abundance of joy and love. So in first John four, five and six, he that is of God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. And therefore David when he would evidence a work of God upon his heart, Psalm hundred and nineteen fourteen, thy word, saith he, is as great riches to me, and as if he did not value riches, comparable to the word, verse seventy two, I love thy word above thousands of gold and silver. Beloved, if you are converted and called by Jesus Christ, you will love the word of God that was an instrument of your call. Wherefore, all you that spurn against the gospel, <clears throat> that cannot endure to have the word come with power upon your consciences, <clears throat> all you that are weary of ordinances and find no more savor in an ordinance of God than, as Job saith, there is a taste in the white of an egg, This is an argument you are not yet called. What's the reason one man will rise early, go far, take pains, and many times neglect his own lawful affairs, all to enjoy the word? When another man will go by the church door and happily go to a tavern and will not go to hear the word at all, What's the reason? One is called by the word and the other not. One is called by the word and therefore loves it. Another is not called and that makes him neglected. Second, he doth not only love the word, but the minister that by preaching the word was an instrument of his conversion. Therefore it is observable, which from which some design, uh, divines note that Of all men that we read of in Scripture, there was no man did love Paul so well as Timothy. For I have no man like-minded, saith Paul, Philippians 2.22, no man that did so naturally care for him and for the church of God as he. For as a son with his father hath he served me. And what's the reason why Paul was the instrument of Timothy's conversion? And Timothy, being a uh, a minister, and come to a great pitch in grace, he thought that of all arguments in the world, that should endear him to love Paul. Because Paul was the minister that did convert him. Therefore he calls him, in 1 Timothy 1 2, Timothy, his beloved son in the faith. And hence it is that when the apostle would draw love from the Corinthians to himself, and the ministers of Christ that were the means of their calling, he urgeth it upon this ground that they were the means that did beget them to Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1 compared with verse 15 and 16. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Why should men so account of them? For verse 15, Though you have ten thousand instructors, yet you have not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Hereby he would draw out their love to him, because he was the instrument that did first convert them. And now then, put these two together. A man that is effectually called, he doth both love the word of, of Christ, that was an instrument of his calling, and the minister that preached that word which was the means by which he was called. And try yourselves by these. Many of you happily have some good wrought as you think upon you, and some change in you. But truly let me tell you this, if you are persons that are out of love with the word, if you are out of love with those ministers God made instrumental to convert you, you have just cause to suspect your calling. For you see, throughout the whole course of Scripture, their hearts did cleave with love to them that called them, and therefore they that can slight and condemn those ministers, by whose ministry they were brought home to Jesus Christ, they have just cause of jealousy to suspect their call. Again, uh, if God hath effectually called you, he will by his spirit bring you out of a state of ignorance and darkness and give you some measure of knowledge to be acquainted both with the mysteries of God and Christ and the sinfulness of yourselves more than ever you were before. This the Apostle Peter intimates, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, that you may show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that is, out of ignorance, into a great measure of knowledge. And it is called a marvelous light because it is marvelous if you compare that knowledge you shall have under the gospel with what men had under the law. It is marvelous because men are astonished that they should, after so long a night of ignorance, come to so great a measure of knowledge. It is called marvelous because it is so contrary to that condition that they were formerly in, as if a man hath, that hath hin, uh, lain long in a dark dungeon should be suddenly called into a glorious palace, the palace would seem more glorious because it is so contrary to the dark prison. So this work of God, when He calls you, it is a marvelous light because it is so contrary to the condition you were in before your calling. Isaiah thirty twenty six, Acts twenty six eighteen, He hath sent His word to call you, from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. It is a marvelous light, because such as none but the Mediator could procure it. Isaiah 42, 6 and 7, I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles. It is a marvelous light, because a light that shines out of darkness, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, God that commanded the light to shine out of darkness. It is a marvelous light because it hath more force than any other light. It is called the light of life, John 8.12. Now this call from darkness to light hath two branches. First, a man shall have more light to have more acquaintance with and more clearness in the mysteries of Jesus Christ. And second, more light to know the sinfulness of himself. First he shall have more light to know the mysteries of Jesus Christ. And hence it is that Paul tells us in Galatians 1.16 that pleased God to call me by his grace and to reveal his son in me implying that where God by his grace doth call a sinner he doth reveal his son unto him. Wherefore beloved if Jesus Christ be not made known to your souls if you have no competent measure of the knowledge of Christ you may be under this conviction that you are not yet called by Jesus Christ. Nay, further, he does not only call you unto this light to manifest Jesus Christ to you in some dim way, but you shall have a clear light. Second Corinthians 4.6 For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in, your, in our hearts, not in a dim, but shining light, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is, you have a clear light to know God in the face of Christ. You cannot know God in himself, but in the person of Christ, you shall have light to know him. This therefore is the first branch, that God will put a light into thy soul, whereby thou shalt have a clear knowledge of the things appertaining to Jesus Christ. Again, secondly, this shall not only reveal Christ to thee, but this light shall also reveal thyself to thee, the sinfulness of thyself. It is observable of Paul that before his calling he was, after the law, blameless. He thought himself to be a, a faultless man. But when the word called him, then he cries out, I see sin to be exceeding sinful. Then he saw sin to be sinned and himself to be a vile and wretched man. And therefore, beloved, if any of you that have not this marvelous light in your souls, neither to know God, nor to know Jesus Christ, nor the matters appertaining to him, nor to know the sinfulness of your own hearts, take it from God, you are not effectually called. Either these passages in Scripture must be raised out, or else, your calling must not be found not not be sound and therefore take heed i would fain make my ministry searching that hypocrites may not lie lurking under it you would be better christians if you were better acquainted with all that unsoundness and that wretchedness of your heart that is that is in you therefore i entreat you look about you though i would have no godly man discouraged by this that is spoken but That you that are not yet called might have your hearts a little staggered by what is and what will be said. A man effectually called is cast out of himself and cleaves to and closeth with Jesus Christ with more complacency and contentment than ever he could do in all his life before. John 6.45 He that hath heard and learned of the Father shall come unto me. He doth not say, All they that hear of the Father, many men do hear the word, but never close in with Christ. But all they that have heard, and by hearing have learned, and are are called, come unto me, and close in with me, and cleave to me, and take content and delight in me. Beloved, there are many that hear the word, yet never go out of themselves. Never close in with Christ. Yea, but all they that hear and learn, that hear and are called by hearing, they all come in to Jesus Christ. Wherefore all you that in hearing cannot find your hearts in love with Christ, cannot find your hearts to close in with Christ and believe in Christ, you have just cause to suspect your call, that you're calling is not effectual 1 Corinthians one twenty four, the Apostle tells you there were other men counted Christ foolishness but to you that are called Christ is the power and wisdom of God. That is you do acknowledge and you do conceive of Jesus Christ that he has as much power as God hath in him and as much wisdom as God hath in him. And you close in with Christ for that end. When other men think Christ to be foolish and Christ weak, men uncalled, they have low thoughts of Christ. But to you that are called, Christ is the power and wisdom of God. You will have high thoughts of Jesus Christ if you are affectionately called. For that man that is effectually called, he shall be enabled by the Spirit of Christ to call upon God, 1 Corinthians 1.2, to all in Corinth, called to be saints, with all that call upon the name of the Lord. There the Apostle joins called to be saints with this phrase, to call upon God, to show that whoever is effectually called to be a saint, that man shall be enabled by the Spirit of Jesus to call upon God. Psalm 27.8 When thou saidst seek my face my heart said unto thee thy face Lord will I seek. Hence you read in Acts 9.11 when Ananias doubted whether Paul was truly called or no and Jesus Christ would convince Ananias that he was truly called what means doth he use? Verse 11 Do not suspect him But arise, saith Christ, and go to him into the street called straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. If he were not called, he would never go to God in such a cordial way, and humble his soul before God for his bypassed failings, and beg strength for time to come, and labor to have his peace made with me. Go to him, for behold, he prayeth. Therefore all you that have not a spirit in any measure to call upon God and to pour forth your requests in a solemn prayer you have just cause of jealousy to suspect your call. Fifth, if you are effectually called, God hath wrought in your souls an utter detestation and loathing of all the evils that in the former part of your lives before your calling you have committed and were guilty of. Hosea fourteen. 1 Ephraim shall say what have I any more to do with idols The interrogation imports a vehement detestation of them and indignation against them 2 Corinthians 7:11 the apostle speaks there of repentance the same with calling when men come to have the work of grace in their hearts this is a branch of it that godly sorrow causeth care and causeth fear and causeth indignation that is if any man be a repenting man and a converted man this conversion will cause indignation that is he will be even mad with himself and angry with himself that he should be so vile so vile a wretch before conversion as he hath been thus was Paul he speaks with indignation against the sins he was guilty of before his calling I have been a persecutor I have hurled the saints into prison Nay, saith he, I was even mad against the church Beloved, you will count your sins to be madness and count them to be greatly aggravated that were committed before God called you Anselm said to his body He tamed thee, O unruly beast with fasting and prayer. We read of one that bit off his tongue in indignation that therewith he had denied Jesus Christ. Another martyr put that hand first into the fire which with which he had subscribed a recantation, saying, Burn thou, O hand, that didst subscribe to that which might have made me burn both body and soul in hell. But therefore, you that have no loathing thoughts against past deceit, past drunkenness, and past swearing and past evils, suspect your calling. You that do not abhor the thoughts of your former evils, your wanted pride and wanted covetousness, you cannot look with indignation against these. You have great cause to suspect your call. For if God hath called you, It will make you even angry with yourselves that ever you have been so vile as you have been. Hence it is when God speaks of Israel's conversion, Isaiah 2.20, it is said, They shall cast away their idols from them. They shall cast away their sins as with indignation against themselves because they have sinned. And hence in the prophecy of Ezekiel 20.43, the prophet tells them that For the evils they had done, they should loathe themselves in their own eyes. Their indignation should be so great against themselves, that ever they should be so vile against God before their call. And so David, with indignation, saith after he had recovered himself, and brought his heart into a repentant frame, so foolish was I and ignorant. Psalm 73.22 Now let your own consciences pass sentence upon you. Let me appeal to yourselves. Have not many of you before these times been opposers of religion? Men walking in ungodly, lewd and profane courses of living? Happily now you are molded into a form of profession. Now you hear the word. Speak well of ministers. Now you cry up government. Many plausible ways and actions you can carry on. But what is in your hearts? Have you indignation against your past persecution and evils? If not, believe it. Though you go far, I fear you may come short of heaven. Your calling is not real if you have not indignation and wrath against your your former sins committed. Therefore, Oh, what a sad word is this to all insensible sinners that are men that never had their hearts touched with remorse for any evil. What a sad word is this to you that have been drunk week after week and sworn day after day and deceived hour after hour and been unclean time after time, and yet all these evils never touched the heart. Truly you have great cause to fear that God hath not yet effectually called you by Jesus Christ. Six, the man that is effectually called his spirit is brought into an obediential frame to yield obedience to the commands of Jesus Christ. If God call you by his spirit, he will not leave you to the exorbitancies of your own ways and will, but he will bring you to a yieldingness of heart to all his commands. Romans 15.6 We have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations among whom you are also the called of Jesus Christ. The apostle did not alone receive grace for obedience but the same was among them also. You receive grace for the obedience of faith so that now if you are the called of Jesus Christ the Lord hath this work upon you. He doth bring you to the obedience of faith. That is, he doth work in your souls a yielding frame to obey all the commands of Jesus Christ. And therefore, any of you that stand out with stoutness of heart against Jesus Christ, let Christ say what he will. You will do what you list. Let him command what he will. You will do what you please. You that stand out thus with gainsaying of spirit against Jesus Christ, you have great cause to suspect your call. Again, 7, the man effectually called by Jesus Christ, he will be miscalled and reproached by the men of the world. John fifteen nineteen. if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Yet uh, do not mistake me. I do not say in this concomitant that every man that is reproached and miscalled is a called man. But I say a man that is truly called will be miscalled by wicked men. Now miscalling or the reproaches of wicked men is a pledge of your effectual calling. If you take in these qualifications first if they miscall you merely because you are godly and hate you because of your holiness then it is an argument. As Jesus Christ said, because I have called you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Secondly, if they miscall you when you give no occasion of offense, wherefore they may justly miscall you. If you can say with David in Psalm 59, they miscall me, but it is neither for my, my wickedness nor for my sins. If they miscall you without any ground, then it is a probable argument of your effectual calling. Eight, a man effectually called, he makes it his endeavor to walk worthy of his calling. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, and so Ephesians 4, 1. Walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called. And thus I have briefly gone over these eight particulars. I entreat you, Uh, Delude not your own hearts, but bring the word and your hearts together and try by these notes whether you can evidence to your your own souls that you are effectually called by Jesus Christ or no. Now is this true that with all those whom God hath effectually called, he doth doth take those methods before spoken of, and he doth work these concomitants now named then uh, by way of use this should be astonishment to all those that never had those methods of God upon their souls, that never had these effects within them to accompany their call. Oh, beloved, I wish I could fasten the nail of terror deep into their hearts that never had any of these wrought in their souls, that never loved the word nor the ministers of it, that never were brought by God out of a state of ignorance into a state of knowledge, that never did close in effectually with Jesus Christ, that never had indignation against the evils they did before conversion, that never had their hearts brought into an obediential frame to take impression of any command that God should lay upon them. How sadly should this consideration lie upon your hearts Are you effectually called? Labor to resemble him in your conversation that hath called you. This use the apostle makes of this doctrine in 1 Peter 1.15. As he that hath called you is holy, so be you holy. Resemble him that hath called you in holiness. An excellent phrase you have, 1 Peter two nine. Show forth, saith the Apostle, the praises of him that hath called you from darkness into his marvelous light. The word is more full in the Greek, show forth or manifest. Not the praises as we read it, but the virtues. The virtues or the graces of him that hath called you. If God hath called you and Christ hath called you, you should show forth Christ's graces in your conversation. That is, live as Christ lived. Walk as Christ walked. If you say you have fellowship with Christ, you ought also to walk as he walked. First John 1 John 1.6 Third, to do nothing that may any way blemish this holy calling of yours. This the Apostle presseth. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling. So Ephesians four one, I as a prisoner of the Lord. I as a prisoner of the Lord Jesus beseech you that you would make a walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Beloved, if you are not called, if you are called, take heed of any way blemishing your call. All the scandals and failings you commit lays a spot upon that holy calling of yours though indeed there is no reason to blemish a man's profession although some should err in their practice the apostle takes off this Galatians 5, eight this persuasion saith Paul comes not from him that hath called you as if he should say many men seeing the Galatians turn apostates They may blame religion and blame God that called them, but, saith the apostle, do not blame them for this persuasion of their failings comes not from him that called them. Your calling is not in fault, but your corruptions are in fault. Therefore it is an unjust accusation because some men fail to blame God and blame profession and religion for it. Fourth, if God hath effectually called you and you evince it to your own souls by, upon the discovery before heard my last use is this that you would live in exalting and magnifying of the grace of God in your calling you are called saith the apostle according to the purpose of his grace not according to your own works O live live in magnifying that grace that hath called you And here I might press upon you seven or eight considerations why you should live in magnifying of grace. I shall name them first in general. This exhortation should much sway with you if you would consider these three things. First, from what you are called. Second, to what you are called. And third, for what you are called. I shall put the first two together. Consideration of this, from what and to what you are called, should much heighten your magnifying of God's grace. And here I shall name seven particulars. A man effectually called, he is called from ignorance to knowledge. First Peter 2.9 You are called from darkness into marvelous light. Now, should not this make you magnify mercy? that you that lay in your sins uncalled as in a dungeon of darkness, now God should call you into a lightsome and pleasurable place. Thy mind was a fair-builded house without windows, or if any but wooden windows that would let in no light. Now God hath opened these shuts and let in the sun of righteousness to shine upon thy soul. He brought thee from this dungeon of darkness in thy soul, and hath given thee the light of knowledge. Second you are called from a course of sin to a course of holiness. Before your calling you were the devil's drudges, and did his work at will. The devil, in Paul's language to Timothy, had you captive at his pleasure, but when God calls you, he takes you from under the dominion and reign of sin and brings you into a course of holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4.7 You are called not unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. 2 Peter 1.3 He hath called us to glory and virtue. Before calling, thou wert the receptacle or common shore of all filth and uncleanness. When called, thou art swept with the besom of sanctification. Yea, beautified and adorned as a pleasant palace for thy God to delight in. And this should cause you much to magnify grace. You're brought in from being the devil's drudges to be God's freemen. From being the devil's slaves to be God's servants. From being the devil's taskmen to pay the wages in hell. To be God's workmen for which he will give thee thy reward in heaven third God calls thee from bondage to liberty in the time that thou art uncalled thou art in bondage 2 Peter 2.19 they are the servants of corruption in bondage to thy lusts and bondage to thy passion and a slave to the world thou art in bondage under the law under the curse and rigor and condemnation of it But now Jesus Christ, if he hath called thee, he hath called thee to liberty. Galatians 5.13, you are called to liberty. Only use not liberty as a cloak to wickedness. Before calling, 2 Timothy 2.25, you are in Satan's snares. But after calling, you are set at liberty. You are freed from the guilt, freed from the bondage of your sin. Fourth, you are called from a condition of estrangedness into an intimate familiarity and fellowship with Jesus Christ. Before calling, you are strangers from the life of grace. Ephesians 4.18, you are without God in the world, strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians 2.12 But when God calls you, he calls you from the condition of a stranger and brings you into a friendship and fellowship with Jesus Christ. First Corinthians one nine. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son. You who are without Christ before calling, being called, you enjoy near familiarity with his son. You are called from Satan unto God. Acts twenty six eighteen. He hath sent his word among you to bring you from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Satan who was thy Lord, was was thy master and ruler. Thou art now from under his clutches, and brought under the dominion and subjection of thy God. Sixth, when God effectually calls thee, thou art brought from a state of enmity against God to a state of amity and reconciliation towards him. Jesus Christ and all the things of God. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of God rule in your hearts for to this ye are called and be ye thankful. God hath called you to peace he hath not called you to wrath before calling God and thy soul were the most inveterate enemies in all the world after calling God and thou are of enemies become the greatest friends you are called to peace therefore be thankful. Seven. You are called from a state of shame to a state of glory. Before you are called, you are vile and shameful creatures in God's sight. When God calls you, He calls you into condition of glory. First Peter 5.10 Who have called us to His eternal glory. First Thessalonians 2.12 Since thou wast precious in my sight, and I have loved thee, thou hast become honorable. Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 6 To you that believe, Christ is precious. Or as it is in the Greek, he is an honor to you. Jesus Christ, when once you are called to a believing state, he is not only precious to you and prized of you, but he is an honor to you. This then you are to consider, that uncalled you are in a shameful condition, No badge of honor lies upon you, but when once you are called by Christ, he becomes an honor to you. Eighth and lastly, which shall be accomplished in the end, you shall be called from earth to heaven and from the grave to glory. This shall be your call after death. Now put all these eight together to be called from ignorance to knowledge, from sin to grace, from bondage to liberty, from estrangement, to fellowship with Jesus Christ from a state of enmity to a state of amity and reconciliation with God and man from shame to glory and from earth to heaven and should not this mightily heighten your joy and greaten your praises and magnifying the grace of God in your hearts secondly again the consideration of this as from what and to what so uh, for what you are called should greaten your praises now for what are you called you are called merely according to the purpose of his own grace neither foreseen works nor good education nor grace in you none of all these were motives in God's breast to call you and hence you may see it was nothing in you Because there were many things in us that might move God not to call us. We have often withstood his call. We have often strangled the motions of his spirit in our hearts. We have often carried gainsaying hearts to the wooings of the ministers of Christ. So that it is nothing in us but merely his own grace that conquers our unholiness and conquers our unwillingness And overcomes that stoutness of heart that is in us. Merely the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ. Now sum up all these together and revolve them in your hearts and you will see what great cause you have to live in magnifying of Jesus Christ. Please stand with me for prayer. Thank the Heavenly Father that Thou hast granted us this day where my, our ears might hear Thy word. We pray that our hearts might hear it as well, and that Thou would uh, cause that good work to continue in us that Thou hast begun. We are frail, and we are sinful, and we confess this unto Thee. Pray that Thou would uh, fill us with Thy Spirit even this day and this week so that we might. Uh, show that the Spirit of God is able to sanctify those who have come from a life of sin. We pray
1: this in Jesus' name. Amen. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale,